One of the places that I really like to spend time here in Mexico City is on my rooftop. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in this entire building that comes up to spend time on this rooftop because it's not exactly equipped for lounging. It's a brick floor that looks like it's been covered in a layer of concrete and you can see the colors, the rusty colors of the brick through the flecks of gray concrete and then the weathering color of this black charcoaly gray with bits of lichen, dark green, army green coming through. It's pretty neglected. I love coming up here because all I can see from my seated position looking out over the, the wall is the tops of trees and blue sky. You have a really good view of all the planes landing at the airport because the airport's kind of in the middle of Mexico City. And so you hear the, you hear the constant hum of planes landing. It kind of feels like my own little tower of solitude. I like to come up here and do yoga or do workouts or meditate or eat breakfast and read. And today I'm here thinking a lot about the chance of encounters that you have in life. How you can meet some one person just so randomly and that person can change so much about the trajectory and the experience of your life. We're just these lines moving around the world, kind of going around our way, and sometimes we intersect, and sometimes those lines keep intersecting in beautiful and unknown ways. And I'm thinking about what's happened in the past four weeks. The four weeks between the full moon in mid-January, the first one of 2020, and then the second full moon of the year, which was the beginning of middle of, uh, no, yeah, beginning of February, like February 9th. So for this episode two, I am here to tell you about some of the folks who've intersected in my path and impacted my life in some way, some way big or small. So I am here between two moons. Estoy aquí entre dos lunas, or Moani bi la arino chupa meji. That's Yoruba. feel like living in line with the waxing and waning of the moon cycles is really, really beautiful. It helps me stay grounded when I don't have much of a schedule to go off of right now in my life. I like to set intentions on the new moon and then check in with them two weeks later on the full moon. It's kind of like setting personal sprint goals for yourself, for your life. These past two full moons have been particularly special for me because I've spent both of them in Mexico City, and I've been doing the same activity for both full moons. I've been sitting next to strangers on a stone floor inside a pitch black dome, breathing really hard, sweating even harder, adjusting positions to feel comfortable, and feeling just totally overcome with this heat and intensity and focus and levitation and connection to the world, to the earth, to myself, to my friends, to my family. Okay, in other words, I've spent both full moons of 2020 in a temescal. Bueno, pues un temescal es una ceremonia, es una ceremonia de 
pues de purificación donde se utilizan los elementos, el agua, el viento, la tierra, el fuego y es una como una casita de sudar, ¿no? Una casa de sudar. A temescal is a sweat bath, aka a sweat lodge, kind of like a really really intense sauna and that's Lucrecia. Sí. <laughs> bueno, pues me llamo Lucrecia y me dedico a diferentes cosas, todas un poco como eh, en torno a la, a la sanación, al bienestar y me gusta She is bueno, many pues, many things. One, she's a temescalera, a guide for doing temescals. Este, bueno, she's a masseuse, she's a mom, she's a dancer, she does African dance. She sells this amazing CBD serum that I bought and I've been taking for the past month now. She leads ceremonies of all kinds, from ayahuasca to peyote and temescals, and she's my friend. I met her in early January at a temescal in a mountain town outside Mexico called Tepoztlan. I was there with friends from the Bay Area who were in Mexico for New Year's, and Lucrecia was there with a few Latina ladies who emanated these wonderful feminine hippie vibes. And pretty quickly after we all introduced ourselves with the customary cheek kiss and the hug, I was sharing a joint with them, sitting around the fire, waiting for the volcanic rocks to get hot for the temescal, and talking in Spanish and learning about our travels, their lives, their travels, my life. I got Lucrecia's number and I sent her a WhatsApp message. And soon after that, she invited me to her own temescal in Coyoacan, a neighborhood of Mexico City. And it's in her temescal, under her guidance, where I've spent the past two full moons. Entonces, este, con las piedras, eh, unas rocas volcánicas se ponen en el fuego y luego estas vienen a un, a un lodge, a una como casita, uh -huh. y ahí se mete y pues se, se echa agua a estas piedras calientes, hace vapor, es como una casa de vapor, es una casa de vapor, de hecho, pero bueno, para hispánica, natural, y ahí pues... Eh, The word Temescal comes from Nahuatl. It's an indigenous language that is still spoken in some parts of Mexico, and it's been around since the Aztecs. So Temas means bath, and Cali means house. So we get Temescali, not to be confused with the Temescal region of Oakland. Y tú cantes. Y yo canto. Y los cantos son muy importantes en el Temescal porque es como la... Pues la manera de comunicarse con los espíritus. So in the Temescal, in the pitch black, your other senses come alive because you can't see anything. There's so much heard and felt and the steady beat of Lucrecia's tambourine as she sings songs in Nahuatl and Spanish. It totally induces this deep trance that's like a natural high of just sweat and noise and connection. How amazing to get to meet this woman. So many cultures have this form of sweat medicine from saunas in Scandinavia, hammams in Morocco and Turkey, banyas in Russia. But I doubt that any of these other sweaty traditions have a Lucrecia. I wish I could tell you more about her and her desires and her goals and her background and how she's learned all of this. But I admit that I did this interview with her right after the Temescal, which was an hour and a half of sweating my heart out, trying not to faint, going to sort of another dimension of myself and my capabilities. And after we came out, I just laid on the stone floor totally naked for like 10 minutes and then ate a bunch of oranges and pineapple, drank a lot of water. 
And then I was like, Lucrecia, let's do an interview. So I asked her stupid questions like, ¿Cuál es tu comida favorita? <laughs> Mexicana? Pues sí me gusta los tlacoyos. And not deep los questions about her motivations, her okay. experiences, or her thoughts about what she does and healing and Mexico and ancient traditions and all other sorts of things that are, would be really interesting to know. But I'm sure we will hear from Lucrecia again because she is becoming a fixture in my life in Mexico City. And I will definitely be going to all of the Temescals on every full moon and maybe even joining her for other ceremonies in the future. So this is not the end of Lucrecia. And now I want to introduce you to another person who's come into my life between these past two full moons in a very different way and on a very different kind of scale. Me llamo Juan Morales. ¿Y cuántos años tiene? 67 años. 67 años. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet Juan. He and I met on a street corner, the busy corner of Campeche and Medellin, right in front of the Mercado Medellin in Roma. And every day, Juan, who is 77 years old but looks and feels a lot younger, commutes two hours to arrive on this exact corner to sell ice cream, his homemade delicious ice cream in the traditional style of Oaxaca, Nieves Oaxaqueños. Yeah, so Juan is from Oaxaca and he makes Oaxacan ice cream, a thing that Oaxaca is well known for. He's been doing this for over 20 years. He was an alcoholic before this and then found AA and found ice cream. This is limon natural, artesanal se llama. Y se sirve así con la cuchara. Se sirve con la cuchara porque los helados se sirven con un cortador. ¿Qué es un cortador? La que hace bolitas. Yeah, so this ice cream is not very easy to put into scoops. No, it's served with a flat paddle into a cup. What makes it so good, I think it's this, like, Icy, yet perfectly smooth creaminess. It's not, doesn't taste very milky. It more tastes icy, but like, but smooth at the same time. A cup of Juan's helado is 15 pesos or about 80 cents. And I go there frequently because it's so good and so close. And one of the favorite flavors of his is mamey. Mamey is this fruit that's sort of like a papaya and a melon and a strawberry and I've never seen it in the States, but it's so delicious. It's not super sweet. It's bright orange. It's really pretty. And he knows I love it. And he told me, he's like, come back tomorrow. I'm going to have mame. Then we went tomorrow with my friend Amber. Hi, Amber. And he had promised the mame, but he didn't have it. Te fallé. Te fallé. Te fallé. No hay mame. No hay mame. Está bien. So it's okay. He always has other interesting flavors like queso with actual pieces of Oaxacan cheese in it. Sounds weird, but it was so good. And he had brucella, this pink fruit that leaves your tongue, this beautiful shade of roses. Pero hay brosella. Brosella? Brosella. ¿Qué es brosella? Es una frutita. Ah, tenemos, tenemos nuestros cucharitos. Ah, bueno. Para que no usamos plástico. Ah, muy bien. Sí. Oh. Oh. Mm. 
grosella y limón. Too aromatic for me. It's quite aromatic and sweet. Yeah. He makes me so happy, not just because he sells ice cream, but he has this lively spirit and he remembers and he takes really good care of you. So I'll tell you more about Juan in just a minute, but let's go down the street, a little bit down the block, and then take a right on Tonala, and then we'll find my other friend, Pedro. Buenas, muy muy bien. Muy bien, qué bueno. Qué bueno, feliz sábado. Sí, gracias, igualmente. Gracias, señor. Sí, sí. This is Pedro. Este, mi nombre es Pedro Villasís Duque. Yo tengo 76 años. Pedro is a tailor. He's 76 years old and has this gorgeous, thick, salt-and-pepper head of hair that some 50-year-olds would kill for. I walked past Pedro's workshop probably 17 times before I stopped in to have him add a missing button to my favorite vintage army baggy pants. And every time I'd walk by, whether it was noon or 4 or 7 p.m., he'd be heads down at his sewing machine or at his cutting table working on something, even on Sunday. The whole time I was talking to him for this episode, he was making a pair of men's trousers. Pedro grew up in Chiapas, a state in Mexico on the border with Guatemala. And from what I've heard, it's an amazing state. There's tons of jungles and waterfalls, this yummy drink called pox. There's lots of ruins, a ton of indigenous history there. And that language, Nahuatl, that I mentioned with Lucrecia, they speak that here still. Pedro started his first job at a panaderia, a bakery, when he was eight years old. And then when he was 14, he learned how to be a barber and un peluqueria. Then he decided that what he really wanted was to make suits and be a tailor. But since no one in Chiapas really wore suits, he moved to the big city, to Mexico City, Efe, which has now been rebranded as CDMX. He even remembers the exact date that he moved here. Yo, yo empecé el primero de enero de 1959. 59. Y entonces estamos hablando que son 69, 79, 89, 99, 2009, 2019, Bueno, cumplí 61 años en este trabajo. January 1st, 1959. That's 61 years. 61 years in the same workshop, at the same sewing machine, this old school steel singer, where he is currently sewing a smiley face patch onto my jean jacket, living his life, working. He did really well in his business for a long time. He had a large clientele and made suits for businessmen at high-profile companies in Mexico. But one day, he was robbed, and the robbers took everything. Pero llegó un ratero y me robó todo. Me dejó en la calle. Aquí en la ciudad. Aquí. aquí en esta sala. Aquí sí se llevó todas las telas importadas que yo tenía. 
¿sí? Tenía telas inglesas, francesas, alemanas, este, pues de japonesas, de muchos países tenía yo telas aquí. Se la robó todo ese tipo. Me dejó en la calle. All his fabric from all over the world, from Japan, Germany, France, they took everything. And since then, he's never really recovered his business. Sí, me dejó en la calle. Yo estaba en ese tiempo subiendo y me di un bajón y me caí y ya no volví a crecer. Ya no subí. To me, it's a miracle that Pedro is still alive and kicking, working so hard and is happy. The man works 12 hours a day and takes zero days off, as in not even holidays. The last time he took a vacation, he told me, was 1977. I asked him if he thinks he'd ever retire, and in hindsight, maybe this was a silly question because a man who works every single day might not retire anytime soon. But as you can probably guess, he said no. Instead, he became a vegetarian three years ago and gave up drinking soda nine years ago so he could live a healthier life. ¿Crees que va a jubilar? ¿Jubilarse pronto? Yo, sí. yo, no. No, pues yo en realidad, este, precisamente ahorita me estoy volviendo algo vegetariano para estar un poco más sano. Yo como todo tipo de verduras. Sí, como diario, este, chayote, papa, elote, plátano, lo como maduro, amarillo y verde. Y yuca. I asked if he's ever been married, and not even looking up from the work on the trouser cuffs, he said no. Este, no. No, no soy casados. Este, vivo en unión libre. Vivo en unión libre. He lives a vida libre, as he put it. Una vida libre, a free life. Wow, how fascinating the different ways we define and experience this word free. In Pedro and Juan, I see this earnest, super proud, super dedicated, and hardworking side of the Mexican people. They have their crafts, whether it's ice cream or being a tailor, and they do it every day in the same place, on the same corner, in the same chair, and they don't complain. I asked both Juan and Pedro about their soul, their alma, and if they're happy, and they both said a resounding, claro que sí. Yes, of course. La paz del alma no se compra con dinero. La paz del alma la regala solo Dios. Money can't buy you peace in your soul. Only God can give you that. Yes, Pedro, I agree. But money can buy you a vacation once every 40 years. So I have one more person to tell you about who has really cranked this full moon cycle up a gear, like multiple gears. Her name is Malini, and I'll let her tell you how we met. Nos conocimos en un lugar vegano. Vegano, vegano, vegano. Vegano, vegano. Siempre me confundo, porque tengo dislexia aparte. Entonces, me dijiste que te gustaba la bici y dije, wow, me encanta encontrar mujeres en bici. Me encanta. Uh -huh. Y de ahí te agregué a un chat 
donde somos 254 mujeres en bici en la Ciudad de México. So yeah, she walked into this vegan bakery, Vegamo, where I was working on my podcast, actually. And she was dressed up in all this cycling gear, and she sat down next to me and clearly knew the people who were working there, like kissed them, hugged them. I was like, whoa, this chica has muy buena onda. She is rad. So after a little while, I just popped in and said, hola, I'm a cyclist too, and I'm looking for good rutas to do. Like, do you have any sugerencias, any advice? And right when I said the word ciclista, her face lit up and she grabbed my arm and was like, no mames, mami, que chido. You're a cyclist? No way. That's so great. She added me to this WhatsApp group of 250 women cyclists in Mexico City. I mean, this was just so fantastic. Excelente. <laughs> es una red muy grande donde no nada más hablamos de bici, sino también hablamos de la vida, de, de política, de cultura, de, de amor, de feminismo. This WhatsApp group is, is big. Maybe it should be a Slack or a Facebook group, but I'm not going to come in and project manage anything. It's a group where ladies share all sorts of things about bikes, like selling gear, talking about health, asking advice, talking about job opportunities, workshops, sales, whatever. I sent a message to the group asking if anyone had a bike I could borrow or pay to borrow for a month while I wait for mine to get shipped from the U.S. And three people responded and offered a bike to me totally free. This is literally one of the best things that could have happened to me in the first month of getting established here in Ciudad de Mexico. I found the bike people. They ride every Wednesday night all across the city, and I've joined for two of those rides so far, and it's now on my calendar as a Wednesday night ritual. Yay, calendar things. But apart from being this badass biker who rides a fixie all over the city, Malini is an artist. She does this gorgeous henna, and she does street art. So before I even met her at the vegan bakery, I had seen her pieces on buildings all over the city. Her current project is called Ya casi te olvido. Hmm. Frases desde el corazón. There are these thick line drawings of faces with Kali eyes and different phrases about the heart written on the forehead or on the mouth. Like, todavía dueles, pero poquito. Like, you still hurt, but just a little. Or, ya me siento mejor, now I feel better. Or, ya casi te olvido, is I almost forgot you. Also, I saw her rolling some of these pieces onto a building and then saw her ride away on her BC into the night. And I was like, wow, that woman is really cool. And then two days later, we're chatting over this vegan bagel sandwich. And I'm like, you are wonderful. How can I know you more? So I told her that I like to do video and she wants me to collaborate with her to document some of her street art projects. So we'll see where that goes. As you can tell, I'm really excited by these four people. Four Mexicanos whose meandering line of life just crossed mine in the time between these two full moons in January and February. And our lines will continue to cross as I do more temescals on the full moons. I'll eat more ice cream. I'll find more patches to sew onto my jean jacket. And of course, I'll go on so many bike rides. And if you're curious to know more about any of these people, for example, I have a lot of ideas of how I would love to support Pedro to go on a vacation or invite some of you to do a Temescal with Lucrecia. 
or go on bike rides when you come visit me with Malini or what else? Eat ice cream, of course, with Juan. But let me know which of these people you want to hear more of. Send me a WhatsApp or an email or leave a message on, I don't know, Marco Polo. Thank you so much for listening to this episode too. It took a bit longer to put out than I wanted, but it's such a labor of love and passion. So I'm going to keep doing it. So stay tuned next week for episode three. I don't even know what it'll be about yet, but it will be something and I'll be here for it. I hope you will be too. Until next time. Odabo. Hasta luego. Bye.